0: Welcome to Chosen Conversations. We are a group of friends that gather and discuss the Chosen series, what it means to us, and how it has impacted our faith journey, what we've learned from the series. So, as we get started today in this episode, we are going to be talking about two new followers of Jesus who are introduced to us early in season two um, Philip and Nathaniel, their journey, how they uh, were brought to be a follower of Jesus. And the awesome lessons we can learn um, from their lives. And so as we get started, we're going to first learn a little bit about Philip, who he was, how he followed Jesus, and what we see in The Chosen, how he became a follower of Jesus. And as we open that up, David is going to be sharing with us his thoughts on Philip and what he finds interesting about this character.
1: Yeah, that's right. So we're in Season 2, Episode 2 of Chosen Conversations. And ironically, also, Philip is introduced to us in The Chosen in Season 2, Episode 2 of The Chosen series. And in this episode, I mean, he comes in and and they don't know, the disciples don't know who he is. And at first, they're a little weary about it. They're like, who is this? Should we be worried? Uh, You know, Peter, Simon Peter also has its own character. And he's also very funny at times with how he acts. And then Philip mentions Andrew. And the interesting thing about it is that we know that Philip, both Philip and Andrew were disciples of John the Baptist. And so in this, at this point, you know, Philip says, my friend, Andrew, and then they're like, did Andrew have any friends? So that's, that's a kind of funny scene, but it just gives us a insight of the friendship that these disciples might have had and how Philip was already a disciple of John and how he already had some background and knowledge of Jesus a little bit more than what the other disciples had, given that John the Baptist, or the Baptist, however you want to call it, was the one that was opening the way for Jesus. So Andrew and Philip both already knew who Jesus was, and once Philip came in, he already knew what to do, he knew his role, he knew what the preachings were about, and he was kind of like an experienced hired, or that's the way I see it in the in the public accounting word. but just in this case, he was an experienced disciple that right off the bat knew what his purpose was, at least uh, with being, follow, follow, being a follower of Jesus. Uh, so, John, Mark, I'll, I'll give it to you so you can give us more insight about who Philip was and, and what he did.
2: Yes, I, I like what you said, David, about the stability that Philip brings to the screen here. He he has a maturity about him that is unlike the other disciples. But he enters this space where all the other disciples are kind of trying to find who's going to be the leader who's going to do this who's going to do that and there's a lot of tension you know when they were in Sikar in Samaria there's a lot of tension among the disciples and and Philip just comes in with a lot of joy he's excited about what's what what this is all about because he's been a disciple of John the Baptist and John the Baptist has said this is the lamb who takes away the sin of the world and and he's released to go find Jesus and follow Jesus. So he comes in with this kind of joyous excitement, but also this maturity. Even uh, Jesus says, you're my most experienced disciple. And I think that has, um, that has a calming effect on some of the characters, some of the disciples uh, in the story itself. And I think that's really important to get that joy and maturity that's something we want in our own lives, right? We we, will, we want to be people who who have a deep sense of joy, but also a sh- strong sense of conviction and maturity and a sense of, uh, conv- you know, that kind of conviction that says, I'm going to follow Jesus, and I'm going to follow Jesus in Jesus' way. I'm going to take my lead from Jesus. And, that, and that's what I get. I sense that as Philip just pops onto the screen uh, in the story.
3: Yeah, I I love what you guys are saying. I I think that Philip's confidence is so obvious that he comes in with this, you know, well, well, let's think about what we've talked about in the past episodes. You know, you've got a group of people that Jesus is still adding to, he's still calling people. We're gonna see the call of Nathaniel that we're gonna talk about tonight. And as these people get added, the personalities of the ones who are quote-unquote already on the team are kind of coming out, right? And so here comes Philip in, and people are kind of like, ah, what do we think of this guy? Uh, And he's got such confidence, even though we'll hear that, well, wait a second. I thought you said we were supposed to be all about John the Baptist. I thought it was John the Baptist that we're disciples of. Yes, but, like John Mark just said this is who John the Baptist was preparing the way for, and he's certain of it. There's not any turning back in Philip's mind or any indecision or any doubt that Jesus is the one. And that seems to be portrayed very well in this episode.
2: I know you appreciated, uh, Haley, Phillips' care for others in the community, like and how you befriends Matthew when others are really having it showing their distance. Would you want to talk about that a little bit?
0: Absolutely. It's very interesting to see the different personalities amongst Jesus' followers that he's chosen. And he's uniquely chosen them for a purpose. And he even says that in this episode, they're all chosen for a reason. And sometimes they don't necessarily get along where personalities clash. We see that in our daily lives, um, in, you know, people that we interact with at church or at work. And that's just part of getting along. But what we see with Philip is he comes in, he's positive, he's confident, he's experienced, and he actually really gets along well with most everyone. You see him being very kind to Matthew, which Matthew is sometimes marginalized. He's a little different in the way he uh, processes information. We see him being very kind to the women, actually, you know, wanting to teach them um, and get to know them better. And we just kind of see him filling a gap that was needed in the followers of Jesus at this time. Uh, We see him, you know, transitioning from that following of John the Baptist um, and on to be with Jesus. So definitely think it was um, very purposeful that he was um, chosen to be a follower at this time and really looking forward to discussing how he brings Nathaniel into the bunch as well.
2: I mean, Philip is so excited about this. He wants to invite other people in. Yeah. it's almost like the other disciples are a little suspicious of new people and uh, they're, they're not they're not out front trying to get new people and in their in their group now they want to talk about Jesus but they, but this group is kind of a closed group to them and to bring somebody new in is a little disturbing but Philip man he he's out there he's going he's going after Nathaniel so yeah who wants to tell us about Nathaniel's story? Well, I was just thinking as you guys
3: were talking, you know, Haley made a good point that uh, Philip befriends others like Matthew, but Nathaniel. There's got to be, at least the chosen portrays, that Philip knew Nathaniel ahead of time. Yet we kind of see this episode kind of go foreshadow and background and then foreshadow and background. It starts out with Philip and then we, we go to Nathaniel under the fig tree. The previous episode or the beginning of this one, I can't remember exactly which, um, his architectural plans don't work out. And he's basically sitting there uh, lamenting to God, saying, hey, this was for you. I did this for you, and it didn't work. And I would even go as far as to say that he's angry, or at least he's extremely passionate in his questioning of, I did this for you, why did you reject it? Why did you not want it? And he goes to Psalm 102 and quotes, you know, don't turn your face from me, incline your ear towards me. And then he basically just stops and looks to the heavens and says, Do you see me? And that's a raw experience. And we get all of that. Then we go and get the backstory of Nathaniel, and then we see Philip, as Haley has said, going to get Nathaniel because he cares for him and he wants him to meet Jesus. And there's this there's this problem with nathaniel he's he's carrying this burden he thinks that god is ignoring him or doesn't see him
2: yeah let's think a little bit about that lament there i mean can he, can any of us share a story about where well, we were really disappointed with what we expected god to do we thought we were doing something that this is what god wanted us to do and and it just fell apart i mean and, and so when it fell apart we're wondering well what happened Wasn't this a good thing I was going to do, God? I was going to do it for you. I was going to do it in your honor. Right. And it didn't work. So what happened? It's it's that kind of lament that's going on here. And I think maybe all of us can connect with that in some way, that we've had a moment in our life where we felt that.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, you think about losing your job. You know, you think about if a marriage doesn't work out. You know, if you pour your heart into something, you give it all that, you know, you can, um, you think it's something, a blessing from God and it doesn't turn out, you know, it can feel like your world is over. We look at him under the fig tree. And I think we all can relate to moments like that in our lives where we're praying and pleading, God, please hear my prayer. Please don't turn your face from from me. And it, it feels like there's no one there, but what we see in this episode, which did give me chills and did make me tear up a bit was that Jesus said, I was there with you when he meets Nathaniel. He says, I saw you under the fig tree and I haven't turned my face from you. And that was just a sign for me to remember. God doesn't leave you, you know, God does see me. Um, and it does make you emotional, but it, this, this series is so great at just reminding us that God is always there. He never leaves our side, even if we can't see him. And he does have a plan for us and a purpose. And sometimes we can't see that, but like we see in Nathaniel. He then becomes a follower of Jesus, and Jesus says, you'll see much greater things by following me.
1: So it's it's interesting how Nathaniel was trying so hard to do this for God. Like in whatever his field was, in this case, he was an architect, and he was trying to build synagogues and buildings and stuff, And, and he was trying to do it for God and giving God all the glory, and it didn't work out for him. And at the end of the day, sometimes we too are trying to do it for God In our own fields and we may be called for a bigger calling Uh, in this case Nathaniel was trying to do it for God but God was like hey let's do it with me come along join me and let's make disciples rather than building buildings for my honor and glory let's come here and help me build this kingdom on this earth and and it's just it's just interesting how sometimes we we miss that point and some are calling to ministry and that's a huge calling that I know a couple of you, you guys have, and some of us are trying to do it for God from our own field, uh, but also it, it's it's interesting to see how sometimes it it's not what we're supposed to do and we miss it along the way. Uh, so, Stan, I think you had something else to add about it. Yeah, I, I like that, David. I mean, it's very astute. Um,
3: I think you're saying God joining, having us join him is very important. Uh, oftentimes, I think as John Mark had said, we've probably all had this experience to some extent and seems like the common denominator is usually once we realize that our headstrong plans have reached a dead end, uh, God steps in. And when he steps in with what he would prefer us to see now that he's gotten our attention to Haley's comment of either a job loss or some major thing that interrupted our plan like Nathaniel's, um, then we're able to hear and see more clearly. And I would... I would think, I would hope, and pray that most of us can respond in a different way than Nathaniel did, because he went into a dark place that you know Philip has to go get him, and he is lethargic, and he's in his room, he's in his house in the daylight with the shades pulled, and he's and he's just depressed. So, John Mark, um, I'm sure you can relate to that as well.
2: Absolutely, I mean that sense of tragedy, whatever that tragedy is. Sends us into a a, a darkness of lament, of uh, crying out to God and seeking God and wondering where God is, and all the time, you know, when Nathaniel is building that building, he he is doing something to honor God. Uh, it is something that is good. Um, it may not be exactly what God has in mind for him ultimately, but he is building something for God. And I think the point here, and I, I like what David had to say here for a moment, that is there's a parallel between what Nathaniel wanted to be as an architect and builder of buildings and what Jesus has called him to be, to build something else, to build a kingdom, and to be a partner with God, not just in the building of synagogues, but to be a partner with God in the building of the kingdom of God. I'm reminding you of what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, that we are co-workers with God and we are co-builders with God and we are engaged in a partnership with God to build the kingdom of God or to build the temple of God even in that 1 Corinthians chapter 3 text. So Nathaniel has that, to, to move to that good place where he embraces this new mission He's got to walk through that darkness. And that's where Philip meets him, is in the darkness. And we all we all need a friend in the darkness. Uh, Psalm 88 refers to the, the lament there, says, and darkness is my only friend. Yeah. We need friends in the darkness. We need people like Philip who can come in and not berate us, not uh, condemn us, not destroy us, make us feel worse and shame us. We need people who come in and say, "Come and see. Come and see." I, I I don't know what it will do for you. I'm not, you know, I I'm not sure how this is going to work out. But but just just come and see. And that's when Philip takes Nathaniel to Jesus.
3: Yeah, and that taking Nathaniel to Jesus is not exactly easy. Um, Nathaniel has some pushback. I, th- I think I think the chosen did a great job of having a lot of emotion there in that scene where Philip is trying to convince him and Nathaniel's deeply engaged listening because he trusts Philip and he even says if i'm not mistaken something like i've never heard you talk like this before about anybody and he says just come and see as John Mark just said and then and then he says he's the one he's the one that the prophets you know said was coming and he's Jesus of Nazareth And as soon as as soon as Nathaniel hears Nazareth, he starts laughing and and there's that. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? So uh, there's some levity there that comes in, even in this very serious, heavy moment.
0: Something that stands out to me in that moment is, and I'll backtrack just a little bit, is when we see Philip and Jesus, you know, meeting and he's joining the group. Um, They go along on their journey and he says, you know, Jesus, can we please stop? you know, in this town and and just see a friend of mine real quick. It won't be that big of a burden. And Jesus is like, sure, we have time for friends. I love that because that shows you right there that Jesus knew the plan. Jesus knew that Nathaniel was going to be there and that he would join the group. But it, it just shows us that God has a plan. Jesus had a plan the whole time and he does interact and make things happen in our lives for the good for for the service of him. And I love that interaction between
1: Jesus and Philip. And also, Stan, as you were mentioning the interaction between Nathaniel and Philip, I do think it's interesting to point out how Philip reacts to the negativity or, you know, making fun of Nazareth and stuff and how how it starts all calm and and Nathaniel was involved and, and listening and Philip is telling him he's the one. And then the phrase "Can anything good come out of Nazareth?" No, all the insults that Nathaniel said. They don't even have any paved roads, or you know, I don't know if you mentioned the word peasants or something like that. But if, and, and so Phillips just stay calm, and that just gives us a gives us a sense of waking up and saying sometimes, sometimes you're gonna have opposition from people that will later on turn and become your follow. I mean, you're part of the following of, of the kingdom, and and you gotta learn how to how to contain yourself, and how to behave as well. Yeah, I think you
3: bring out a really interesting point, and that is the calmness, but again, the confidence. It's just come and see. And then, John Mark, when when Jesus meets Nathaniel, as, as Philip brings him up, and he starts speaking back to him in reverse, the things from Psalm 102, uh... Nathaniel's reaction even surprises Philip, where he goes, well, that didn't take long. You know, it's like, you know, that was easy. Uh, so it went from this from this very reserved and cautious type uh, mentality that really probably was only due to his friendship with Philip that he went to a, all of a sudden just being pushed right over the edge just very easily because of what
2: Jesus says to him. I think some some encounters with Jesus have that effect, very smooth, quick, easy recognition. I saw you under the fig tree. You're the son of God, the king of Israel. I mean, it was that kind of immediate response from Nathaniel. Uh, Maybe it has to do with Nathaniel's heart. Maybe it has to do with the way Nathaniel's been prepared for this moment over the years. It doesn't happen that way with everybody. I mean, Simon's going to struggle, right? Simon the zealot's going to struggle. Matthew is, you know, he had to figure this out. So, it, but with Nathaniel, it was that that sense of I have encountered the very presence of the one I was praying to. Because I said that those words to God, incline your ear. You do don't, don't you see me? Are you listening? You know, I. The kind of, don't hide your face from me. And Jesus' response is a response to his prayer. I did not hide my face from you. I did see you under the fig tree. I was listening. And in that encounter, Nathaniel embraces the fullness of what stands before him. And as David said, Philip chuckles about that, right? And Jesus says, there it is. And that's it. that was easy, which was kind of a little, little side levity as well. But the point is, for Nathaniel, he had this immediate recognition that the one to whom he prayed, that the representative of that one was standing in front of him and knew what he prayed and was responding to his prayer just like the prayer asked.
3: Yeah, it's so well stated, John Mark, and while you were saying it, I remember one more thing from the episode that they wrote in, and that was Jesus saying, when you were at your lowest, I saw you. And I oftentimes think, to everything everybody said, that's when transformation in us really happens. If everything's always going around smashingly well, then we probably don't have a great need, but when we're at our lowest and God meets us, that's when everything changes and they did that in just some easy words just in that exchange between him so
2: yeah and I really I really do appreciate how the chosen picks up the prayers of Israel in these moments that we do have those low dark moments in life and what do we do with them well the prayers of Israel lament and they speak to god not in rejection of God, but in questioning of God, in complaining of God. I mean, even the superscription of Psalm 102 says a prayer of complaint of one of an afflicted one. So this is how Israel responded to God. And so Nathaniel is just being a good Israelite, being a good Jew, praying a lament prayer. And what we see in Jesus is the faithfulness of God in response to that prayer.
0: For me, um, what this has taught me, this season episode with Nathaniel, is first of all, we can all relate to it. And when I'm in those low moments and I'm feeling like there's no hope, which we all can relate to, the start moments of our life, we need to turn to God. God's there. God hears us. He listens to our prayers and he will make a path for our future. And so this is just a great example in our life. He did the right thing. He said, God, where are you? Please don't turn your back from me. And to me that's something that stuck with me and i'll take that into the future when i deal with difficult things
1: and i i want to just i mean i want to remind us that sometimes we can be nathaniel we can be in our lowest moment seeking god and and saying where are you lord and questioning our relationship and questioning his will and purpose in our lives and sometimes we can also be philip to others Uh, but also we got to be aware of who's being a philip to us when we're we're in when we're Nathaniel, you know, when we're in the lowest moment. so uh, we gotta just be aware that uh, we can we can all be at different places at some point in our life, and we just gotta be cautious about it and how we go about it.
3: Yeah, David, I really like those comments. I uh, thinking about what you're saying about when we're Nathaniel and when we're Philip, and I don't, I can't get all the details here, but uh, people who know me know that the Nathaniel moments stand out to me. And I often use them as fuel for the Philip moments. It's when I'm at the lowest and then God does something and then I have a course correction that adds to transformation that then I'm excited to go out and let other people know what he's done for me and how I was able to see what I couldn't see before. And I think maybe that's how it's supposed to work, but it seems like uh, we, we believe we're Philip most of the time. But I've been Nathaniel more times than I realized.
2: Yeah, I think we have always one or the other at times, and when we're Nathaniel, we need a Philip. We need a community. We need someone who's going to say, "Come and see," who's going to be a ray of hope, who's going to offer Jesus to us. And when we are, when we see a Nathaniel, we need to learn how to be a Philip, to be a Philip with grace, not with condemnation, not with shaming, but with grace and kindness, and to be able to speak a word that says, come and see. At the bottom, we're not going to convince anybody. We're not going to convert anybody. Our task as a Philip is to say, come and see, and let God encounter you, and God will be the one who will transform us, not right? Philip just introduces Nathaniel to Jesus, and that's our task as well. So we need to be Philip to people, and when we are Nathaniel, we need some Philips to show us the way to Jesus as well. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this episode. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen.